Welcome back, everybody, to the Varsity Breakdown podcast. We hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving break, but now we are back to business. You already know who it is. I'm Jose Guevara, and with me, as always, is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And how you doing uh, after a long break of some great Thanksgiving food? Oh, I, I am completely tired of leftovers. I am sick of fast food. I am ready for salad and for cleansing because I feel like I have a spare tire around my neck and abdomen. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's both of us, man. It's, it was a great, you know, little break. I think we all needed it, uh, you know, but there still is business to be handled. Uh, we still got a job to do, and that's to cover some great weekend of Pinal County sports. And we're going to start off uh, with some basketball. I know uh, you were uh, kind of keeping tabs on it uh, over the weekend and let the people know uh, what's uh, what happened this weekend uh, for uh, both the ladies and the men's uh, basketball team. Well, over the weekend, there wasn't really a whole lot going on for the, the ladies, but uh, the past week there was a lot going on, especially for the Florence girls, uh, Lady Gophers. Um, they're currently 0-1. Um, they... Played against Push Ridge for their first game of the season. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go in their favor. Push Ridge was the the home team at the time, and they actually pulled it out. Shortly after, uh, they had learned that their point guard, uh, junior Elena Jimenez, had suffered a sprain in that game and was likely going to be on the sidelines for a few weeks or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So already an uh, early injury for uh, the Gophers, huh? Yeah. And what, that's, and what was the final on that score? Uh, the final on that one was 32-59. to 59. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not a good start, you know, for the Gophers. And, you know, we hope uh, their point guard uh, speedy recovery. Uh, uh, it's early in the season. You know, uh, Florence is always known to be resilient when it comes to uh, their basketball team. So I'm sure they're going to be just fine moving forward. Yeah, they always hang tough. And unfortunately, just to add to their troubles, uh, their team got off to a rough start after four players and their head coach came down with COVID. Oh, man. Uh, does that mean uh, they're going to be uh, without coaches and players come uh, this upcoming week? No, today in their matchup against the Wickenburg uh, Lady Wranglers, they should be at full strength. But by by that, uh, head coach Robert Bellamare uh, has hope for his uh, his young team, and he believes in their potential. At first, he, he wants them to work on their chem- chemistry and then transfer that familiarity in, onto the court. Okay, well, we'll keep uh, tabs on them and... You know, hopefully that, like you said, they stay at full strength and uh, can uh, finally get in that win column uh, later this week. So, yeah, uh, they're not a big team by any means. Um, they they are fairly small this year. Um, they only have one center, and that sophomore uh, Keeley Scarborough. But um, uh, eventually, I, f- I feel like they will get uh, the chemistry that their coach wants, and then they will be a formidable team by the by the end of the year. Um, moving on to the uh, staying on track with uh, women's basketball, we're going to move on to the Lady Cougars of Ca- uh, Casa Grande Union. They're currently one and run at, at the moment. Um, after dropping their first game against Cienega, the Lady Cougars bounced back against Sunnyside, beating the Lady Blue Devils in a close battle, 51-47. to Well, it's a great way for them to finally get in the win column. You know, that first week uh, was kind of a, li- a little bit one-sided, but... They finally bounce back against Sunnyside, and, you know, it's hopefully something to keep uh, moving into the right direction as the season continues. Any uh, kind of standouts uh, for those games? or uh, Unfortunately, there's not any stats available that are um, entered in the mo- uh, for the moment. And that's uh, for um, both girls and boys, correct? Correct. Um, but head coach Kevin Hubbard should be able to rally his team on their last win. They should be able to push forward and and get to, uh, move towards a winning season. Now, um, they they finished with the I think we said last week they finished with a losing record uh, last year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, um, you know, glad Casa Grande. Uh, we finally uh, got a ladies team that uh, has their first win on the season, and hopefully, it's more to come as uh, we're going to start seeing uh, Coolidge and uh, Sequoia Pathway, Santa Cruz, and all them kind of get going this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Coolidge, uh, it was unfortunate that Catalina canceled their first matchup for uh, health and safety procedures, forcing the Bears' anticipation for their uh, season opener even further. Um, but tonight, the Lady Bears will open their season 
against the Eastmark Firebirds tonight in Mesa. And, of course, we want to wish good luck to Coach Monteverdi and the entire Lady Bears squad tonight. Absolutely, man. I remember um, I had an assignment to do uh, for one of my classes, uh, which I needed to record a video. And uh, uh, Coach Aaron was, uh, you know, kind enough to let me in, um, do that with his team. And to see that they only had six players last year uh, due to COVID was kind of unreal for me. Uh, just to see, you know, I thought there would be more um girls that came out that year but unfortunately you know with the circumstances there wasn't I'm kind of excited to see what coach Monteverdi can do with the full roster going forward because they they still held their own last year Mm -hmm. you know and uh for having you know a starting five and one bench player to have the success that they did it's going to be even better with the full roster going uh coming into this season so I'm really excited to see what they do uh against Eastmark tonight. Yeah, they, they didn't play like a handicapped team at all. So, uh, like I said, best of luck to Coach Aaron and them, and uh, we look forward to reporting on good news next week. The next team we'll be speaking on will be the Santa Cruz Lady Dust Devils. Uh, head coach Eddie Meza and the Santa Cruz uh, Union Lady Dust Devils will be tipping off their season tonight against Horizon Honors uh, in the Valley. And uh, Santa Cruz, uh, how, how do they look uh, compared to uh, last year? Do you think they can move in? to a, a, a positive direction or how, how do you see their season playing out for right now it's still too early to tell I didn't get to do a whole lot of scouting on them uh, you know individually but as far as the season goes I I, I don't doubt that they'll have a, a better season than last year a lot of teams will have a better season than last year considering that last year was the COVID season yeah and, and some seasons were cut short you know mm-hmm. due to it so yeah it's gonna be good to see what Santa Cruz does uh, especially all these teams like like we say, you know, COVID played a big factor in sports last year. Some teams didn't even get a season. So to be able to see, hopefully, uh, all these teams get a complete season, it's going to be uh, fun to watch. I'm, I'm really excited as we move into basketball. Yeah, so am I. Uh, we wish safe travels and the best of luck tonight, ladies. Then moving on, we will be talking about the Vista Grande Lady Spartans. Uh, their season opener is tonight at 7 p.m. in Tucson as they battle the Push Ridge Christian Academy Lady Lions. As far as from how they were last year, do you think they can compete with Push Ridge tonight? Um, that's going to be hard to tell. I don't. I I don't think that based on how Push Ridge fared against Florence, I don't think that Vista will be able to hold their own against that type of team. Uh, again, the stats are really sparse, you know, um, and that's another thing. We we wish that, you know, these coaches, not only just for basketball, but even uh, next season for football and, and well, should be sports all uh, all around. Yeah, sports in general. Um, if you coaches could try to recruit uh, a kid that probably won't be on the field or on the court all too much. Like a manager type. Uh, yeah, like put them in a manager role, have somebody uh, be your statistician and, and enter those stats, especially if they're tech savvy. That will help us in the long run, give you the the actual accurate numbers, the accurate play, you numbers. know, what, and I think the biggest thing with that is, you know, with there's already been a few games played uh, as far as the uh, ladies are concerned. There's uh, we're going to go into a tournament that happened over the weekend. But as of today, we have no stats as far as uh, how the results came, what players stood out or anything like that. And, you know, that that's unfortunate because when we come in and do this or we're making graphics, we want to be able to acknowledge these teams as well as those players that deserve recognition. And we can't do that without stats unless we go to the games. But it's almost impossible to hit every single basketball game in one night. Mm-hmm. So even if you go hit one game and you get your stats come, for, uh, you're waiting on the the rest of the week for those stats to be inputted and. Next thing you know, we're back into the next week of games. So, you know, if you uh, if you coaches are listening, please, uh, if, you know, input those stats because they're not only important to your players, they're also important to us to help help you guys get these players exposed. And so, uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys, we don't have any stats for you as far as these games, but we're still going to be bringing recognition to these teams and what they're doing uh, uh, game in and game out. But, 
you know, stats are very important. And we hope that moving forward, you guys can help us out and get us those numbers so we can get these kids that uh, the recognition. Yeah, because without the, just like you said, without that, uh, without the the correct name and numbers and and actual work that they're doing, we can give them definitive recognition for their hard work. Um, and, I, and I know that I just said uh, that the Lady Spartans probably wouldn't do so well against uh, Push Ridge, but I think that they'll be able to prove to Push that their uh, gold will be able to shine brighter tonight, and hopefully they'll be able to get home to their families with a win. Yeah, it's going to be good to see. You know, we wish you guys safe travels tonight and uh, get that W, you know. Uh, all of Pinal County, I'm sure, is going to be rooting for every team around here. Even if you're a rival, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, over here at the Varsity Breakdown, we're rooting for all you guys, and we want to show people that, you know, Varsity um, – sorry, the Pinal County area has some teams to be reckoned with. Absolutely. And uh, wrapping up uh, our coverage of uh, our Power 6 women's basketball, it's going to be Sequoia Pathway. They're currently zero and zero right now. Their season's open. Their season opens tomorrow night against the Tempe Prep Lady Knights on the road in Sun Devil Country. Well, we'll see what Sequoia can do. Uh, you know, I know their their boys struggled a little bit last year. Uh, do you uh, have anything as far as their their girls? Um, as far as the girls, the only insight I can provide is they they both didn't have uh, a season to write home about. You know last year and with that being said that's a lot to improve on so any type of success this year is going to be good success especially if, if this is just their second or third year in in AIA competition that there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road and they can't uh they can't allow those uh adversities to overcome them and and defeat them uh even in a loss you can't you got to take those losses as lessons and just move forward yeah, it's going to uh, be interesting to see what uh, the Lady Pumas uh, do this year. Uh, and like like you said, any type of improvement, whether it's getting one, two more wins than you did last year, that's an improvement. You're mm-hmm. moving in the right direction. And that's what we want to see with these programs because there's some great programs out here. And, you know, I know that uh, the coaches are building uh, some uh, great uh, programs around here and We'll see what uh, they they do moving forward. All right, let's move on to some men's basketball, and let's start off with the Coolidge Bears. All right, well, this kind of makes me feel nostalgic because for the first time in a long time that I can remember, the Coolidge Bears are relevant. They they are ranked number six in the state as as a whole in for for basketball, and that's very exciting. Um, just like uh, I mentioned earlier, that their, their game against Catalina was canceled, um, but they showed out for the Joe Parton Memorial Classic uh, this past weekend. And that's the tournament that they hosted, correct? Correct. It, it was the their first annual uh, tournament, um, and they started off super strong against uh, Florence with a very commanding win of 69-43. And then um, I think they played uh, Casa Grande. Was next? Yeah, Castlegram was next. It was later that evening on Friday night. Correct, at 7.30 p.m., and that was also a blowout win with uh, Coolidge beating Castlegram 62-49. to Wow, and so uh, Coolidge ended up going 4-0 in the tournament, uh, winning the tournament Mm -hmm. as the only undefeated team. Uh, Was there any uh, other Power 6 teams that uh, did kind of well or, you know, that uh, even though they probably came across paths with Coolidge, uh, still put up a good fight. Um, to be honest, the only uh, Power Six affiliate that came across Coolidge was Florence, and unfortunately, they didn't stand a chance. Um, but that's not to say that that they won't have a good season because we'll we'll talk about them in, here in a little bit. But um, on the second day of the tournament, they ended up beating uh, La Jolla, seventy-eight to fifty-five. And then nice. wrapping it up against Post and Butte, everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's Pinal County favorite. Uh, 72 to 48. By, by winning like that, it, it makes me smile really big. And I don't know if you, can, if you can hear it in the way I'm talking, but I'm really excited. Like I said, I'm really excited to get into that roundhouse. I, I know that I was really aiming to get there this Friday uh, for their opening matchup against uh, or opening home match uh, against uh, Benjamin Franklin. But we're also going to be in Casa Grande 
for the 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 quarter uh no not the quarterfinal the semifinal matchup i'm sorry but we'll get to that later yeah it's uh you know and not, that's one of the things about Coolidge and Florence is that they've always played each other very well mm-hmm. you know they they play other teams really good but whenever it comes for those two teams to face each other it's always going to be a good game. I mean, Coolidge got their number, but that's why uh, Coolidge is number six in the state. You're number one team in 3A right now. So, I mean, that's some great things for Coolidge. I, Florence looks like they're handling themselves well. Just like I said, play, are, yeah, they're playing a high-powered Coolidge team, and uh, it's going to make for uh, some good uh, good basketball later in the season. There's, there's no reason to speak on the the storied rivalry between the two cities especially with with Florence coming into Coolidge there was going to be uh some type of of territorial uh oh absolutely you man you know especially if it's uh if you're the team hosting the tournament you don't want to lose on your home floor but if you're one of the rivals coming in and able to make a statement in a tournament uh against your in your rivals uh building I mean you want to take it to them too uh but you know what? One and zero for Coolidge so far. Uh, they actually finished the tournament four and zero and remain four and zero on the season. Uh, who do they got coming up? Eastmark. The girls play at five thirty, and the the boys pe- uh, play at seven. Okay. Well, you know, best of luck to the boys out there. Congratulations on an undefeated start, uh, winning uh, your uh, home uh, tournament there, and we'll see uh, what you guys do tonight as well as. Uh, the rest of the week so we can't wait to see yeah their scoring potential and and their ball movement makes them an easy uh early pick for a possible championship favorite in the 3a uh conference yeah well they're number one for a reason so we're gonna uh hope that they stay there all season long can go undefeated and but we'll take it one game at a time uh so you're speaking uh spoke on florence uh they finished the tournament three and one Mm -hmm. so uh what what do they have going for them the rest of the week well, Florence, they, uh, for the rest of the week, uh, we'll get into that. But to, uh, just a quick recap, they started their season off against uh, Push Ridge in their season opener. Uh, they beat them. Uh, after that, they uh, were in the Joe Parton Memorial Tournament on Friday. And like I said, they lost to Coolidge, you know, pretty decisively by a blowout. And then later on went to beat Rio Rico in that same day. Okay. Uh, the next day, they ended up taking out Globe and Santa Rita to wrap up the tournament play at 3-1. and one. After suffering the loss from Coolidge, they actually were able to finish strong in the, at the end of the tournament. Cass Grand, unfortunately, uh, I believe goes 1-2 and two in the tournament, or they go 0-3. Oh okay, they started off their season with the loss against Sienica 54-35. to 35. Um, And then in the Joe uh, Parton Memorial Tournament, they ended up beating Sunnyside 63-43. to 43 and then had to go around and try to face uh, Coolidge, which, like I said, they lost 62-49. to 49. The next day, they ended up playing Rincon University and beat them 70-62. to 62. Oh, quick. Well, they, they lost to Sunnyside, right? Correct. They oh, lost okay. to Sunnyside. Okay, I thought, I thought you said uh, they beat Sun, uh, Sunnyside. Uh, but they ended up beating Rincon and finished up against La Jolla, but lost that matchup 64-56. to 56. Well, it's a tough start for uh, Casagran. Uh, you know, they set out one and five on the season, but they're also missing uh, quite a few players that are normally on the roster uh, due to the football team uh, making it to the semifinals. So they're still waiting on those players to come in, fill out, fill out the rest of their roster, and hopefully they can uh, bounce back and you know uh, ride the ship. And uh, we'll see uh, what they make of it because I mean they only had three wins last year, so. There's plenty of room for for improvement uh, uh, this season. It just I hope they don't get too far behind where their season will be done before we even hit halfway. Yeah, halfway. Yeah, they definitely started off the season shorthanded, and I hope that um, with these tournament games, it doesn't get them too far behind. But I I think that they'll be able to to build on that, and 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 in building on that, they'll be able to build chemistry, and doing that, find their second unit. So when those players return from their football season and and when football season uh wraps up hopefully with you know uh a championship ring those players can help them be a uh be a better team than they were last year which uh, they can easily improve on their troubled season last year where they went 3 and 11 
Well, we'll see how how it goes. You know, it's like I said, these weeks come by fast. You play a couple games a week, and you know, before you know it, you're halfway through the season. And I just hope that they can get uh, you know moving in the right direction once they get these uh, players back from the football team and be able to uh, make something out of their season. Well, let's take a trip down uh, 11 Mile Corner Road to Santa Cruz Valley Union. Um, which I feel like this year they're they're kind of our dark horse in, in terms of uh, our basketball team because they have a new head coach uh, and Coach Courtney and shout out to Coach Courtney. Um, they're they're going to be a totally new team uh, under Coach Courtney. I believe that with this new culture, they they will be building a new winning mentality. Um, we never really knew much about Santa Cruz to be a basketball heavy uh, school. It's it's been it's been a while. I think, you know, it's uh, definitely uh, probably back when I was in, we were in school, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit after that. But, you know, I think it's uh, been a little bit and I'm excited to see what Coach Courtney does because he's he's not just a high school basketball coach. He's also associated with, uh, I believe, Arizona Preps and the big baller brand. And, mm-hmm. you know, so he, he knows his stuff about basketball and I'm sure he's bringing this new mentality and, you know, new coaching style uh, to the uh, Dust Devils. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with this program. I am too. And I was pretty excited to see uh, what his uh, new varsity away team's jerseys look like. They were like a smoky gray with a red lettering with white outline. Super clean. Super clean. Well, um, what do they have uh, coming up this week? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because tonight they are playing against Horizon Honors in the Valley. And on Friday, they play against uh, Power 6 affiliate Sequoia Pathway, which should be an interesting matchup. Yeah, um, I think Sequoia sits 0-2 on the season so far. Uh, you know, I think that... Like you said about uh, Sequoia, they've only been a part of the AIA, you know, uh, for a couple of years. And so I think that's a team that's building their program. Uh, it's going to be a good first game against uh, Horizon Honors for uh, Santa Cruz. And then a few days later, you got to go and play uh, um, what's turning into a, a nice rivalry between the two schools. One located in Eloy, the other one in Maricopa. So it's going to continue to uh, build that rivalry uh, regardless of what the team uh, records are because I believe they're both in the same uh, the uh, same uh, conference. conference. Yeah, the same 2A uh, Rialto. Uh, no, actually, uh, they're not in the same conference. That's uh, for football or uh, same region. That's for football. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, uh, we're, we're still learning all these different uh, uh, regions and what division each team is. Uh, like, uh, for instance, um, Casa Grande's a 4A football team, but they're a 5A basketball team. So uh, bear with us. We apologize uh, for getting uh, the regions confused and uh, what division each team is. Uh, it just kind of jumps around, you know, and I'm sure we're going to uh, have to figure the same thing out when we move into baseball. But uh, it'll take so, some getting used to. So even though that they're not, uh, you know, in the same region uh, in basketball, it's still a uh, sense of rivalry because they know each other from football. I'm sure they're going to know each other. Uh, it's going to be similar faces uh, come uh, tip off uh, Friday night. Yeah, well, staying on the topic of Sequoia Pathway, right now they are 0-2. Um, they had a rough experience in the Joe Parton Memorial Cla- uh, Classic, dropping their first game to Immaculate Heart, 66-50, and then losing to Santan Foothills that same day. 59 to 48. Well, and that's a team that's going to, we're going to see how they do. Um, You know, it's not every, uh, you're not going to be good in every single sport. We know that, you know, we just uh, hope that uh, there's some players on that team that we can bring recognition to and be able to uh, give them a little bit of spotlight, even though the season's not starting off the way that they wanted to. And good luck uh, to coach Courtney uh, tonight. Uh, and then uh, we'll uh, keep an eye on uh, Sequoia and uh, Santa Cruz on Friday night uh, as we head uh, over to Cascaran. Yeah, and Sequoia, uh, their regular season play opens up tomorrow night against the Tempe Prep Knights on the road. Uh, just like uh, Cascaran, they were a team that didn't have a really good record, but I'll be honest, they, they had a, a much worse record. Last year they went 1-17. Um, again, any type of improvement is a win. You got you gotta you gotta take those uh, wins, build on them, and then even the losses, just don't hang your head on them and don't take a losing attitude 
into practice the next day or the next week or however it may be. Yeah, absolutely. With that, uh, is that all the teams or is there still one left? There's one, one left, more. Right? There is one more team left, and that is the Vista Grande Spartans. They suffered two losses in the first day of the Joe Parton Memorial Classic. First against Mountain View Morana, 80-23, to 23, bro. So it looks like a team that's uh, going to be struggling a little bit this year. Uh, how did the rest of it uh, fare for them? Well, it, it actually it actually had a little bit of a turnaround. There was there was slight improvement as the the tournament went on. Um, they ended up playing against Sunnyside, losing that game seventy to forty two. But on the final day of the tournament, they ended up splitting with a close dub against uh, Rio Rico sixty to sixty seven following a crushing defeat by Rincon University, 57-44. to 44. Yeah, I think uh, with uh, Vista, it's, uh, it's a team trying to find an identity. Uh, I believe last year, uh, their coach, uh, that was his first season uh, with them. They finished 4-9, you know, and if you, if you guys think 13 games is a lot of games, it's really not. It's a very shortened season because uh, mm-hmm. I believe basketball plays upward close to 30 games a year almost. And so um, it's tough to, uh, especially if you're a first-year coach coming in during a pandemic and not being able to establish your team, not being able to establish that culture, that identity that you want for your team. So we're going to see, you know, how uh, Vista Grande fares now having a full year under their coach and hoping that they can uh, uh, get that uh, ship right. And uh, we'll we'll see how it goes uh, with them the rest of the week. Yeah, they play against Push Ridge and Tucson for their next game, and we wish them all the best. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, keeping an eye once we solely move our focus to basketball and being able to uh, see how different the atmospheres are going into a football stadium compared to going into a basketball stadium. You know, it's a lot louder, I, I, I believe. Because you're indoors, you got that echo going around the whole whole entire building. So I'm pretty pumped to uh, finally be able to check out our first couple of games, you know, whether it's this week or uh, c- coming into next week. Now, let's get into our, our lingering sport, but the one that we are just so into, and have football. An amazing time to be a part of uh, some uh, covering some uh, Pinal County football because... Casa Grande, as if you guys haven't heard already, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the video. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen the articles or the all the videos that are out there. Casa Grande uh, won by a nail-biter uh, last Friday against St. Mary's on a game-winning field goal uh, by Casa Grande's Cougar, uh, Joshua Villa, who uh, had, uh, with no time left on the clock, nailed a 35-yard field goal to send Casa Grande to the semifinals uh, by winning 31 to 29 against St. Mary's Friday night. And what a moment it was. It was definitely a moment there. There was, I'm not even gonna lie. There was a moment just before that where um, St. Mary's had went and got ahead. And, and at the time we were recording and we were live and I, I, I became a little defeated because I was watching the emotion on the field. To be honest, the, the emotion that I, kind of connected with was with jake sylvester when i saw him go down and just go into that crouch and he you know he felt that his season was over he you know he felt defeated and at that same point i i stopped recording started walking away and then you stopped me you're like hey man don't uh what are you doing keep recording he's like these kids are gonna see you stop recording they're gonna think that you gave up on them keep recording so i pulled that phone back up kept recording and I, man, I'm glad we did because with that short march down the track, we we watched them make history. And this is just what it's been, a historic year. And they, with the heroics of Josh Villa, they are able to push forward and go into the semifinals with this matchup against Mesquite. Yeah, man, it's it was a crazy sequence of events uh, leading up to that. So um, if you guys weren't at the game, um, with about four minutes left in the game, Cassegrand had the ball in in their goal uh, goal line, and they were about to punch it in and go up by two touchdowns. But unfortunately, uh, running back R.J. Keaton fumbles the ball into the end zone. It's recovered by St. Mary's, uh, which then is called a touchback. And St. Mary's uh, slowly starts moving the ball down the field. And then 
that's when all hell seemed to break loose uh, for a quick moment mm-hmm. as um, with about two minutes left in the game, Castle Grand's cornerback, Demetrius Asquete, picked off a pass uh, from the St. Mary's quarterback, which would have sealed the game. But the referees call a roughing the passer penalty. And then on top of that, which is the first I've ever seen in a game, they call two unsportsmanlike conducts on uh, Dierick Korkendall, and he's ejected from the game. That is, in one play, 45 yards worth of penalties that pretty much move St. Mary's into the red zone. And as you said, uh, they go in and punch a touchdown in. But instead of kicking the field goal to tie, they decide to go for two. Dierick is one of the uh, Cougars' uh, best uh, defensive ends. And so they actually run towards his side and uh you know punch in the two point conversion but at that was the time you know there's a uh, 40 seconds left there's still time left on the clock and the cougars actually uh benefited on the kickoff as it went out of bounds so it gave the cougars the ball i believe on the 35 40 yard line Somewhere close. W- with about you know 40 seconds left to play they get into uh across the 50 onto their own 40 with four seconds left. Uh, Angel Flores just heaves a ball up uh, into the end zone uh, for uh, Anthony Flores and a pass interference call is uh, made with no time left on the clock. So if you're not a sports buff, uh, that means that Casa Grande gets a free play. It's called an untimed down. They get a free play and they send out Mr. Joshua Villa to make one of the most pressurized kicks I think you could ever give a high school kicker. And on top of that, it was his first field goal attempt of the season. Yeah, you could tell that he was definitely in shock by his demeanor when we spoke to him after the game. But the kid was clutch. I mean, he he went in there, like you said, with eyes in his veins, looked the goalpost straight you know, in the middle, and that's exactly where the ball went, was right down the center. Yeah, man, it was... One of the craziest experiences I've been a part of, and I wasn't even, you know, we're not even on the team, but, you know, uh, hats off to old uh, Ben Gutierrez over there to uh, allow us to be on the sidelines and to experience that moment. And I think for Coach uh, Jake to send out your kicker who's never attempted a field goal all year long, you know, uh, and to trust him with your season I mean, it was just a remarkable kick. It was a remarkable call by him. And you can tell how much that win meant to a coach. Not, uh, you know, not just the players, but to coach Jake Barrow, uh, as, as you saw him on the sidelines. And, you know, he had so much emotion that he just kind of needed a moment to himself and to be able to reflect on what just happened because it shook the whole stadium. You know, uh, like like you said, I think. Everybody on the sideline was almost giving up hope. Uh, You know, everybody in the stands was a little bit uh, quieter than usual. But once that kick went through the post, man, it was just so much joy and so much happiness on the Cougars sideline. And I'm so glad we were able to experience that. Yeah, definitely. I it was definitely a moment when we were able to speak with uh, Coach Barrow at the end of the game. And you could like you said, you could tell he was definitely overcome with emotion, but he was so proud. You could definitely see the pride in his in his in his face that every single boy or man on that that field that had played a part were, you know, he he was so proud of them. He was able to to tell us that he had tons of confidence in Josh to to put up the kick that he was definitely making those through uh throughout the past couple of weeks in practice and that he didn't uh, feel it was an issue, so that confidence was totally there, and it it was amazing that that like you said, I, I don't mean to to sound like a broken record, but it was amazing to to just watch it and to just share in that excitement. Yeah, and we've talked about the last few weeks that Casagrande had to play mistake free football, or they were going to be in for a fight, and you know that almost bit them in the butt. Uh, because of uh, you know the for instance the penalties the 45 yard penalty you know uh, sometimes you just got to know when to bite your lip save it for another play and just take the one penalty uh, that might have not uh, put uh, St. Mary's in a position to score and take the lead but it did but the resilience that you've seen from this team and you know uh, 
that even though St. Mary's wasn't giving up the deep ball, Angel uh, was able to make plays happen, you know, take what they were giving them and gradually move that ball downfield and set them up uh, in good position uh, position to win. And that's what a, a good quarterback does, you know, a smart quarterback. He's able to take what you're going to give him and then allow uh, him to set uh, his team up for a position to win. But they have to cut down the turnovers. Besides their resilience, that's my number one takeaway, is we finally got to see how this team was going to respond in adversity, and they did it. And granted, yeah, could that pass interference call have gone either way? Absolutely. But I think in a high school game, 90% of the time, that uh, pass interference call is going to get called. And it was the right call. You know, he did bump into him. And yeah, there was definitely you, contact. It, it, could, could people make the case as uh, he flopped? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't see that. But at the end of the day, the penalty was called. You still have to go out and play a final down. And they had that opportunity, took advantage of it. So their resilience is my number one takeaway. But number two, the turnovers, they got to cut them down. Against a Mesquite team, I mean, Mesquite ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've heard before, I think they uh, are back to back to back been yep, in the state champion team. Oh, okay. So they have a lot of playoff experience. They have championship experience. So if Casa Grande expects to stay ahead come Friday night, they need to cut down these turnovers. They need to cut down the penalties and, you know, show why they are a powerhouse team, why their offense is so good, why their defense is so good. Uh, I think this is the game to prove it, that they can put all the pieces together and play a clean game of football. I believe so too, but uh, going back to what you said on uh, Anthony's play on whether or not it was flopping, if you're going to say that was flopping, then you got to admit that there was controversy on both sides because that that, uh, 45-yard penalty – was totally unnecessary. It was a 30 at most. And then the ejection, now it costs uh, it costs Casa Grande their, uh, their, one of their strongest defensive end. And luckily, n- well, not necessarily luckily, because now that, like, like you said, Mesquite has that playoff experience. Now that they know that there is a suspension or, or a player that, that, that's a starter that won't be in there, please believe that Mesquite's going to try to look to take advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. And that that's the things is that we we always try to preach is that you got to take it one play at a time. You got to know what's worth arguing about, what's worth, you know, getting upset about. Because, yeah, either way, um, if you don't watch a lot of football, you know, let me tell you, if it's a rough in the passer call, I mean, 99 percent of the time it's going to go for the quarterback. There's no arguing it. You know, it's going to be a penalty that's going to uh, try to protect the quarterback, uh, you know, as as they've been doing uh, over the last 10 years. But at the same time, it's unfortunate that Casa Grande's going to be without one of their best defensive players uh, who could make a very big impact in this game. And so now they're going to have to fill a hole uh, and, you know, hope that uh, whoever they put in that position, uh, you know, can at least do half of what uh, D'Eric is able to do on the field. But I have no doubt, you know, uh, Coach Barrow is going to have a great game plan going in. You know, his his staff's always going to have a good game plan going in. And even in the first half we, when uh, the game was still pretty close, Casa Graham made some adjustments at halftime because uh, St. Mary's uh, ran a formation, a twin wing uh, formation, which is basically a lot of triple read option uh, type plays uh, where you've seen them uh, take out their quarterback a lot of, uh, of the first half and bring in a, another running back to run those plays. And Casa Grande struggled a little bit to stop that. But come uh, after they got out of halftime, you could tell that they adjusted. And I think that, that's what you're going to see uh, Casa Grande do if they start off a little bit slow against Mesquite. I kind of beg to differ because in the beginning at halftime, it was 21 to 7 and Casa Grande was up. Uh, Casa Grande didn't score anything but one more touchdown and uh, th- that field goal. So it was definitely troublesome for them. And after the third half, I, I feel like they came out kind of flat at halftime. We actually uh, had live video of them coming out. There wasn't uh, a lot of chatter between them coming out. There was, you know, some communication between a few players in between. You, you, you know, you, you saw that. But 
I feel like if coming into this next matchup, especially being their last home game in this stand, because if you beat Mesquite at home, you go to Sun Devil Stadium, you go to Sun Devil Stadium and play in the championship game. So make it count. Be excited. Play play for your your brother that's not able to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going back to what Aiden and uh, Coach Jake Barrow were, were uh, posting on over the weekend, there is no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It, if you want this championship, you got to play like there is no tomorrow. Yeah, because there really isn't. You know, uh, Mesquite is not a team to go in and uh, play around with. But, you know, either way, uh, you know, if I felt like they, they couldn't stop the uh, – that formation at the first half or the second half, I mean, a uh, thing that happened was they let that team uh, hang around. And I think one of the big things is turnovers. And so they got to clean that up. And, you know, come Friday night, we're going to see what they uh, can do because there's only four teams left. You win this one, you move on to the championship, and, uh, you know, you're going to either face Post and Butte or uh, the winner between Post and Butte and Glendale. So, But at the same time, they got to get through Mesquite first, who – has tons of experience, and I uh, I have confidence that the Cougars are going to pull this one out. I do too, and I know that there's a lot of of people speculating on this game that that believe that Angel Flores will be the the key to this game, and no doubt the kid is an amazing game manager. We we can see we've seen him air it out. We've seen him run and and stay up, not be afraid to to take uh, contact. The defense is going to be what holds him down. Like you said before, the adjustments that Coach Jake Barrow makes are going to be completely crucial to their success this Friday. Yeah, you know I think what um, their defense does and what helps them is they create turnovers. You know, even though um, Demetrius's uh, interception got called back uh, for roughing the passer, that's a turnover right there. You saw Andon Diaz uh, with the. That's where uh, the um, St. Mary's was on their way to score in the first half. He made a critical uh, strip of uh, the uh, running back uh, that was uh, getting ready to score and helped them helped them create a turnover. He also had a uh, interception, uh, I believe, uh, late in the third quarter mm-hmm. to give them the ball back. And now when Casa Grand's uh, defense is providing these turnovers, I know we've seen their offense score at will. They struggled a little bit, you know, and they had their own turnovers as well. So I, I think, you know, as long as Casa Grand's defense, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head. They're going to be the um, stars of this game if uh, Grant pulls this one out because of their way to get to the quarterback, to stuff the run, to create turnovers. That's what Grant's going to need, especially if they're not able to clean it up on the offensive end and have turnovers of their own. Yeah, I, I feel that this Friday night will be even more energetic than it was the week prior. The, the opposition will be a lot tougher. Like you said, this is a repeat 4A state champion. And they're going to look to try to make it three. But Casagrande is a heavily favored team to dethrone Mesquite. And when they're playing like they did last Friday night, they have everything they need. This uh, next matchup is going to be the same thing. It's going to be a close one. It's going to come down to who makes the last mistake and who's able to capitalize on it. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's going to be a great game come Friday night, man. It's if you guys uh want to come check it out, it's uh this Friday, uh December 3rd out at uh Al Van Hazel uh, Stadium in Casa Grande. So come out, man. It uh I I think I've already uh uh convinced uh, some of my family members to come check it out cuz like like you always uh preach and you you know, you always uh tag it in your post. This is history in the making. And as Joe, uh, Coach uh, Barrow would say, you know, you got to find a way. They've been waiting 71 years for this opportunity to make it to another state championship. So they're going to come out with the bang. Mesquite's going to come out uh, banging, and it's going to be a good head-to-head clash. But I wanted to, um, as we wrap up uh, Casa Grande and uh, Mesquite, I kind of wanted to uh, talk to you about uh, one of the uh, Twitter um, posts that I had saw, even a couple of the uh, CG players uh, had shared it on uh, Instagram. If somebody had posted, uh, they wish that ALA, Queen Creek, and uh, Cactus were in the tournament because basically these remaining four teams are playing for third place. I wanted to get your, your feelings on that post. I feel like that was either a very butthurt parent or coach. <clears throat> Excuse me. They played well enough to be in the open eight. To be in a prestigious position like that 
and to, to play against the, the competition, the level of Chandler and Hamilton, what are you complaining about? Like, you took a tough loss to one of the best teams out there. And to say that you're watching the third, you're, you're, and you're not watching a championship game, you're watching third place, I don't know if you, if you look at numbers well, but Castle Grand is still undefeated. Mm-hmm. They have l- yet to lose a game. And, I, and, and there's plenty of people that, that don't even go to, to Cougars games that are betting on the Cougars to win this. Yeah, you see a lot of uh, um, people that go to other schools that are out there showing their support for what's going on in Pinal County because they know how special of a moment it is. And, you know, I, I felt like it was very disrespectful, uh, that post being uh, to the remaining four teams. You know, whether whether we are rooting for them or not, you know, these teams deserve uh, to be where they're at. And like you said, ALA, Queen Creek, and Cactus both deserve to be in the Open 8 tournament. And if they're that good and they're dominating the 4A, you know, they're probably going to be in 5A next year. We'll see how they fare against uh, some 5A competitions and see if they're even good enough to make it to the Open 8 in that division. And so, you know, I just I just wanted to bring it to uh, up to you because, you know, we're getting excited about uh, some playoff football. You know, the semifinals are here, and I just felt like, man, that's – a real big low blow to, you know, what these uh, four schools and uh, these coaches and players have accomplished to this point. And it's like you said, it's like it's unfortunate if, uh, you know, that your team, nothing bad that these two teams made it to the open eight. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's where they landed. And then, you know, because we thought that maybe Casa Grand, Post and Butte, even Mesquite could possibly find their uh, way into the uh, open tournament. And guess what? If Casa Grande would have dealt Hamilton and they would have lost, we would have still gave him much respect and, and would have never said anything like, oh, man, if they were in the 4A tournament, they would probably blown uh, all these teams out because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it goes to show uh, this past week, uh, St. Mary's was a pretty big underdog, you know, uh, even the week before against uh, Buckeye. Uh, they were a, a, a big underdog, and they were proving people wrong. Mm-hmm. They just happened to have one bad penalty called on them that set Cassegrand up for a game-winning field goal, and the kicker nailed it. And that, it happened to be seated very low. Yeah, and that and that's what it is. And it's kind of like you know uh, where you end up uh, being seated if you know if uh, ALA Queen Creek and Cactus uh, you know didn't want to be in that uh, tournament. I mean, lose a couple more games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you wouldn't have found yourself in there, but you know, either way, I uh, thought it'd be a, a good uh, closing uh, opinion, you know, to see what, what your thoughts were, what my thoughts were, but you know what doesn't even matter. Semifinals are here. Casa uh, Grand versus Mesquite Friday night. Also post and Butte taking on Glendale to see who's going to advance to the 4A state championship. So you guys stay tuned. Uh, do you have any uh, closing statements or anything, uh, any shout outs you want to send? Uh, yeah, we had plenty of people sending us video of the last uh, few moments of the Casa Grand game. So I want to say a huge shout out to Salim, Se- Salim Sesma for his uh, participation and, and actual just coming to the game and showing love um, because he is a Coolidge player and, uh, and also um, Eric Aguayo as well. He also showed up together. Uh, they, they showed up together and, and had a ball at the game with us. Other than that, I, I don't want to say anything else. I, I look forward to this Friday. I can't wait to lace up my sneakers, walk out to that field, and then just feel that energy, just feed off of it, and then hopefully – go into uh, what I consider enemy territory into Sun Devil Stadium and be cheering for the Cass Grand Cougars there. And speaking of the Sun Devils, and it, it, it irks me to say this, I'm saying it with my lip curled, congratulations on beating the Wildcats again. It, it sucks to be a Wildcat fan right now, but I mean, yeah. I'm hopeful. That's all I got to say. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe they should go recruit uh, Angel Flores. He might be able to throw a few more touchdown passes than what the current uh wildcat qbs can do but angel's uh, a smart guy he don't want to go there (laughs) but uh yeah you know what uh piggybacking off of what you had said i mean the videos you guys sent you know helped create that video that you guys uh seen us put out uh the day after the game and man it just shows like how much care you guys have not only in this team but in the county itself, because, you know, for uh, uh, some Coolidge players to record videos, send them to us, it speaks highly of what's going on in this county and how much, no matter who you're playing, you know, if, if you're still alive, 
there's going to be some other Pinal County people to come and check you out. So, you know, don't ever think it's just Casa Grande uh, or Coolidge or, you know, whoever is playing at the time. Don't think it's just your fans. It's the whole county that's coming out to show support for you guys. But I want to send uh, one final shout out, and uh, that's uh, to uh, Josh Villa's dad. I mean, the message that he sent uh, sent us on Instagram, uh, how humble he was that we were able to bring some spotlight to uh, his son. Uh, I mean, that message really uh, touched me because it's everything we're doing is, you know, you can see it paying off and you can see that the people are appreciative of what we're doing. And I guarantee you that for us to interview our first player and for him to be a kicker, and then we make this video uh, that uh, shows what he did at that game. I guarantee you no other podcast, no other news station is ever really going to make their first interview a kicker. And at that time, right as uh, you know, he made that field goal, I was like, that's going to be our first interview. Because we had been waiting for the right moment, even though, uh, uh, you know, sometimes we weren't even sure we were going to be on the field uh, Friday night. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like I said, thanks again to uh, Ben Gutierrez for getting us out there. Uh, we were able to, and I, I and I think I told you that, I was like, tonight's going to be the night we're going to interview somebody. And it just so happens to be uh, Josh Villa, the kicker for the Casa Grand Cougars. So, you know, uh, you know, if his dad's listening, hey, thank you so much uh, for the kind words. And we're glad uh, we were able to uh, – make a a memory for uh, not only uh, your son, but uh, also for your family as well. And something that all of you guys can cherish uh, uh, for the rest of your lives. And uh, well, we hope to uh, continue uh, making these uh, not only for Casa Grande, but for all of these uh, Pinal County schools we cover. And it's been a pleasure, bro. Uh, we'll see you Friday night. Uh, we'll see you uh Hopefully uh, in two weeks at Sun Devil Stadium. With that being said, man, good luck, Casa Grande. Good luck to all the uh, basketball teams playing tonight as well as the rest of the week. And we'll see you guys uh, come next week. Take it easy.